Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's feature is our Easter show. You know what I mean, Vern? For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Well, I guess we should say Happy Easter. I guess. Happy Easter, everybody. Still never quite sure why it's like Happy Easter, because I was raised to believe that this guy who was like really, really important in most people's religions was like killed this weekend. Yeah. So I don't know why the happy Easter. It seems like we should be like mourning. Yeah. Like why is it called Good Friday? Yeah. Uh so if you want to talk about some weird <laughs> uh the the fact that we celebrate Easter as one day is actually like an aberration. Because Easter is the the season. So it's like this entire week is Easter. Mm-hmm. And and so within Easter is Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> and, and it's just a weird Americanized thing that now Resurrection Sunday is just called Easter and they ignore the fact that Easter is actually this entire other fucking thing. When is that thing where you go to church and they put ashes on your head? Is that this week or is that a while Ash, Ash Wednesday. Yeah, was that this week or is that like at the beginning of the Lent or whatever? That's I don't I don't remember. Ash, if I remember right, Ash Wednesday is right before Lent because it's Fat Tuesday where you're supposed to like eat everything you can, and then you go to church and they rub shit on your forehead, and then you're supposed to not eat all that good stuff that you had a day before for forty right. days. Okay, mm. that stands to reason. And most of us celebrate it by going to Mardi Gras and looking at girls' boobs. That's how most people celebrate it? Because Jesus. <laughs> I was one um, time accidentally in a bar called Fat Tuesdays on Fat Tuesday. Not not by plan. It just happened. And I'm like, what the hell? It's Tuesday night. This place is rocking. What is going on? And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Somebody had to explain it to me, and I'm like, oh, that makes a lot more sense now. I do have to ask, is the the bar Fat Tuesdays or P-H-A-T Fat Tuesdays? Uh, it is Fat Tuesdays, F-A-T Tuesdays. Which means... Because I imagine those two bars are very different places. I would assume so. Fat, Fat Tuesdays is a real cool 
place where you can like hang out and get drunk and some redneck's gonna like fall and break his leg and everyone's gonna laugh and and, and fat tuesdays is like playing rap music and you'll probably get stabbed <laughs> kind of weird Uh-oh. journey are you taking this on <laughs> i feel like that was racist but i'm not really sure <laughs> I'm I'm only going by the bars in Decatur that are named things like that. And people get stabbed there all the fucking time. Like it's shouldn't that be like a once in a while thing? It's like in the news it's like somebody got stabbed at a local bar and you're like, "Oh my god, somebody got stabbed. That's crazy." Instead is that, of is like, that where uh, Corey Feldman got stabbed this week? Probably. Although he was in his car, somebody opened the door and just stabbed him and ran away. It's it's really weird. The story sounds uh, unbelievable. Made up. Yeah, yeah. It sounds very fake. Do you think he like tripped and fell and like, like you know, had like a scratch on his stomach? And he's like, "That's it. We're gonna tell the press someone tried to stab me." I feel like. Corey Feldman would be less liar and more embellisher. So it would be like something happened and he's making way too big a deal out of it. Mm. But, or it's possible that he's on a hit list because of him trying to break up child pedophile rings, which. Plus, plus like, as I said on Facebook, while I do, if it's true, I hope he gets better. Nobody deserves to get stabbed with anything. Well, I, ho- I hope he gets better whether it's true or not. Cause Still yeah. to die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, but on the other side, once again, I can't believe it because his skin is pulled so tight. If somebody were to pierce part of his body, he would explode like a fleshy water balloon. <laughs> it is the flaw in the story. That's where the logic falls apart. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, so going back to Ash Wednesday. <laughs> Uh, one of the greatest things ever is when I was still living at my mom's house and I was just walking through the kitchen and noticed the calendar was up and on Ash Wednesday, my brother, unbeknownst to me, had written shop smart, shop S mart. <laughs> and I've never been more proud of my brother than that very moment. And it's pretty much just been all straight downhill ever since. I, I have also been never more proud of your brother, <laughs> although... In all honesty, that's the first time I've ever been proud of your brother. <laughs> uh, that was probably the first and last time for me, too, if I really think about it. My, my weird-ass dog keeps walking into the bedroom back here where I record, and he lays down, and he keeps scooting so that his head is underneath the bed, and he doesn't appear to actually be doing anything, just putting his head under the bed. <laughs> It's really fucking. It's freaking me out, man. It's too bright. He's like, it's too bright in here. I'm trying to sleep. Why are you doing a podcast? You know what? I think that is what he's doing. I think he's sticking his head under there so he can sleep. <laughs> You're a fucking weird dog, dude. This whole podcast has gone downhill since Noah got a dog. Has anybody else noticed that? <laughs> we used to talk about movies and shit. Now we're just trying to figure yeah. out why stuff puts its head under a bed. <sighs> Doug, tell us about the first movie. Well, we should mention it's Easter, so we picked a couple of awesome Easter movies. The Easterest of all about. movies. Yes. <laughs> the Easterest. That's a, actually a fantastic 
way to describe these films, I think. <laughs> the Easterist? Yeah. That's a every week we have to invent one new word, and I think that's the word for this week. Lepreplan, still the best. Oh yeah. Naturally. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Go for it. All right, so the first Easter movie we picked is uh, Ernest Saves Christmas, mm-hmm. which is, of course, the I think it's like the third in the Ernest series of films. Uh, you'd be wrong. It's the second. It's the second? It's before yeah. jail? Yeah. All right. It's Ernest goes to camp, and then Ernest saves Christmas. All right. Well, that actually plays into some of my comments that I have later on. Right. Um, I, I'm more right than I thought I was. So... <laughs> Um, basically the story of this movie is that uh, Santa is on a mission to uh, turn over the reins and pick the next Santa he's selected a television host in Florida to literally hand over the reins exactly that was um, that was just an unintentional pun that's just how good I am at describing (laughs) movies anyways so he flies to Florida to turn over the the moniker of Santa to a kids television host down there who is just chock full of Christmas spirit. Um, when he gets there, Ernest is his Ernest P. Worrell of Ernest goes to camp fame is the cab driver who picks him up and inevitably becomes uh, entangled in all the drama that surrounds Santa trying to get the other guy to take over before seven o'clock because that's what time he has to leave in order to deliver all the presents that night. Um, Oh, Jesus. Which like, wait, wait to wait to the very last minute to do this. Thing. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't fly down a couple of days earlier. Uh, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, but it was an international flight. He does leave from Toronto to get down there. They bring that up multiple <laughs> times. So I'm like, I guess that it's harder to get those flights. But I don't know what air travel was like in the 80s. Um, they they did was, seem to insinuate that the reindeer take a bit to warm up. Yeah, so I don't know if he shipped the reindeer down earlier. We'll get into the the, the nitty gritty details of the plot as we go through the movie and discuss our opinions of it. It's a very Um, rich and complicated plot. Yeah, so basically it's it's Santa trying to convince this guy that the whole thing is real with the assistance of Ernest who um, through one means or another ends up not only losing his cab driving job but finding out that he still has Santa's sack in there. So he's got Santa's sack, he's got to get it back to him, and he's got to help Santa pull off this little plan so that the, the new Santa will be able to take off by 7 o'clock and uh, deliver presents to the whole world before the sun comes up. And there's like a teenage girl in it for some reason who's a little <laughs> bit annoying, and she's just kind of there to complicate things. She's lost her Christmas spirit, Doug. Is that the idea? All, all about getting her Christmas spirit back. Are you sure? Because I don't think it is. I think she's just there. Uh, I think she's just an well, added plot piece that <laughs> extends things out and creates a little bit of awkwardness later on. Again, while, to be we're, discussed. while we're on the uh, the girl, was anybody else very concerned about the fact that her clothing was very reminiscent of oh every fucking girl that takes off her top in an eighties movie ever? <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah that's let's just jump right into it okay i didn't go there but okay so like but she's dressed me. she's not dressed in a way that you would want your teenage daughter dressed 
yeah. that's fine. Like she's a street kid and stuff. And yeah, she, she's but, a runaway. Yeah, but then all of a sudden, when they throw her into the schoolgirl outfit, it's like they know what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like they know they're playing up. Like I don't know if you guys have internet accesses in your home, and if you've ever accidentally googled the wrong thing and found out that there's pornography out there, but uh, like. The, the schoolgirl outfit is ha, has uh, multiple usages, and only one of them is for for girls to wear to high school. The other one is uh, less innocent. Let's put it that way. And so, yeah, when they when they when they put her in that thing, and she's got the pigtails, and she's like doing the giggly little schoolgirl voice, like they know that they're they know that they are uh, sexualizing that girl, who I believe was underage when this was made. And well, it's kind of inappropriate. Look, especially I was, in a kids' movie. I was like seven when I saw this in the theater. Okay, and the seven-year-old you probably didn't know, but if your dad took you to the theater, he noticed. No, my mom took me. Um, but I will say that it does make me question if my fetish for girls and pigtails may have come from this movie. <laughs> it's <laughs> just instilled in you at a young age. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I remember I, thinking she was really cute when I was younger. I remember, like, I actually, when, when I was watching this movie, I actually Googled and I'm like, at least hopefully the actress isn't underage if they're doing this to her. And mm-hmm. then she is. So I'm like, well, that's, I think she is anyway. She was like, I, I do remember her birthday is Christmas Day, which I assume is how she got cast in the role. <laughs> but I think it, it's a Christmas Day that was too close to the release of this for her to have been like 18 or whatever. Mm-hmm. It must be. I think it's just my my heavy watching of eighty sex comedies that might affect it. But that, uh, like I said, that loose uh, poncho esque midriff shirt she wears. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. It's like yeah. that's that's how like the the twenty five year old who was playing an eighteen year old in an eighties movie would have been dressed. Yeah, in, this exactly. case, in this case, they've got like an actual 16 or 17 year old wearing that. And it's like, I I don't know. It's just, I know, I feel like it's maybe it was an, an honest mistake and maybe it wasn't when they were making the movie, but it does seem like given the era this came out in, it's like all the other movies with girls in those tops are on the same shelf as this at the video rental store. We're all 100% sure Harvey Weinstein did not produce this movie. <laughs> I hope so. I didn't double check, and I don't want to know. Anyways, I didn't think that's how we'd start off the conversation. <laughs> well, of course it's how we're going to start off the conversation. What show do you think you're on? <laughs> <sighs> I had a whole thing about how I think this Santa is based heavily on the Santa from my favorite Christmas movie, A Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> I think it's sort of the same character, the way he kind of wanders the world, telling everybody he's Santa and not quite understanding why other people don't believe him and things like that. Wait, um, your favorite Santa is Miracle on 34th Street Santa? Yeah, yeah of course. That's common sense. Everybody knows that. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> well, what, who's your favorite Santa, Noah? Nobody wants to know who my favorite Santa is. I think we all do, and I think we're all going to agree with me as soon as you say it. (laughs) (laughs) A nice wholesome answer was, I think, going to be very uh, much a relief to people after they hear yours. Man, that's that's really hard. There's been a lot of really good fucking Santas in movies. It's going to be fucking Goldberg, isn't it? Just say Goldberg. (laughs) 
No, absolutely not. It's not Goldberg. No, no, no. Uh, actually, I think my my second favorite Santa is the fake Santa from uh, A Christmas Story, the one that's like, "Y'all shoot your eye out, kid!" and throws him down the fucking slide. Ho, ho, ho! <laughs> yeah, pretty good, but not a real Santa. So exactly, and we don't need to talk about the first one. Your favorite's Tim Allen, isn't it? No, absolutely not. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite Santa is Santa versus the Martian Santa. <laughs> All because, right, because he's the worst Santa, and that is so awesome. <laughs> well, what did you think of the Santa in Ernest Saves Christmas? Uh, I really liked him. I don't. I think he's a convincing Santa. I think he's a little he's a little trim, a little thin for Santa. Yeah, that's not an unreasonable criticism. No, I just I th- I felt like he was he very much played like that old guy that could be like everybody's grandpa, and he could just you know he was he seemed to really have that spirit to him of a Santa. Yeah, I think he was really well cast, or else a really great acting role. But I I felt he was a believable Santa for the circumstances. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. I like his laugh a lot because he doesn't he doesn't just go for the ho 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 like every dime store Santa Claus. Instead, he has a weird like awkward snide old man like. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, are you gonna talk about him when he sort of does the earnest laugh at the end when he realizes that he doesn't have his Christmas bag? <laughs> uh, so, what did everybody think of Ernest Saves Christmas? Go ahead, Noah. Uh, well, first of all, it's Ernest, so it's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> like, I fucking love Jim Farney, and when he died, it was one of the saddest things ever. Uh, but yeah, I like it. It's not my favorite Ernest movie, but uh, top three, maybe? All right. That's actually an accomplishment. There's like ten Ernest movies. So. Yeah, oh, there's more oh, than ten. Yeah, there's more than ten. <laughs> um, I mean, it's no air Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> My friend Ryan went on a trip. Not really a trip, but on a kick when he was younger, and he bought every Ernest movie that was ever made. He's like, I, I must, I must own them all. There is just a box set for that now, I think. Probably. This is back in the VHS days, man. Oh, yeah, that wouldn't have worked. <laughs> I'll be honest. When we decided to do this movie, I was like, I wonder if there's like a digital version of the box set and I could just get all the earnest stuff. <laughs> and as it turns out, there's not, which made me really sad. But no. then I was like, maybe Amazon Prime? And I got on Amazon Prime, and Amazon Prime has... Every Ernest movie, except for the three I wanted to watch, <laughs> which is fucking bullshit. Uh, that's funny. Right. Um, that, that tangent aside, <laughs> what did uh, you think of the movie, Brian? So I saw this in the theater when I was like seven, as I mentioned. Yeah. Um, so this has always held a very nostalgic place in my heart. And. <laughs> I haven't really watched it in a long time, even though I do own it on Blu-ray. Um, and when I found the Blu-ray and was like, oh, I got to buy this, Amanda just looked at me and was like, do we really need 
Ernest Saves Christmas on Blu-ray. And I said, you can pack your shit and get out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, this is the first time I really watched it in a long time. And, uh, I don't know. I still absolutely love it. I think it's just, it's innocent enough that you can just have a good time watching it without apparently thinking about the the main actress being in a schoolgirl uniform. Like, I guess you guys thought, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just have a really good time with it. And I think I'm going to try to make this on my uh, yearly uh, Christmas rotation now. Since I sort of rediscovered it. This was a, the first time I've ever sat and watched this movie all the way through. Oh, uh, really? I've seen clips of it when it was on TV and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously I know who Ernest is. But I don't know. Somehow it just flew under my radar, believe it or not. Um, and... I found it really charming. I just, I thought oh, yeah. the, that's charming. Sort of, is a great way to put it. Yeah. Like the, the, the earnest character fits perfectly into it. Like a Christmas special type idea. Mm-hmm. It just, he's got that innocence to him and that naivete that kind of goes along with those types of that, that these types of movies, these Christmassy movies, the plot was simple enough that kids could follow it, but not so ridiculously simple that they had to add in a bunch of stupid gags to kind of drag it along, mm-hmm. even though they did still find plenty of excuses for Ernest to dress up in funny costumes and stuff. <laughs> um, my favorite one was the snake guy, but <laughs> where are there more movie guys at? <laughs> I just loved it because then, of course, naturally they put some snakes in his truck and he's got to figure out what to do about that. <laughs> But yeah, I thought, and I thought, like even the the girl character, even though I said she was annoying and unnecessary, I do think it was there was a little bit of a plot there where she decided she was going to start stealing the gifts, and she of course has to realize that's the real Santa, and therefore she shouldn't steal gifts from his sack, which is a, a pretty minimal character arc to go through to get as far as I shouldn't steal from Santa, but you got to not mug Santa. Yeah, I mean, but you know, whatever. She is stealing at the beginning of the movie. That's how we're introduced to her character. And yeah, I, I, I got to say, I, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I, the part that I thought I would find annoying is where they keep cutting back to the two guys in the warehouse mm-hmm. who are trying to figure out what's going on with the uh, reindeer. And they, they get, every time they're trying to guess what these things are, and then all of a sudden the reindeer start flying to the ceiling and all that. Um, so it seemed like a silly idea to me, but didn't pull me out of the movie the way I thought it would have. So, cause it kept going back there and it just kept getting more ridiculous, mm-hmm. but I was chuckling each time. So, so did either one of you watch the uh, Saturday morning show that Ernest had? Hey, Vern, it's Ernest. Uh, I, I never saw it on TV, but I have sat down and like watched it all. <laughs> yeah. I bought it on uh, DVD when borders was going out of business. So uh, I'm too scared to actually watch it though. Cause I think it's going to be horrible. Um, but his TV show started the same year this came out. And so I think I was watching the show before I saw the movie because he plays a lot of his characters in the TV show. Okay. So I was actually familiar with those, like the old lady with the neck brace on and, uh, you know, the uh, snake guy or whatever. So I think for me, like watching the movie and seeing those characters pop up, probably made it like super awesome for me since i was familiar with them it, it, they do they are a bit shoehorned in 
Mm-hmm. It's, it, it does seem like there could have been other ways to sneak onto that set without Ernest having to be a master of disguise. <laughs> but I don't know. It seemed to. Uh, it, 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 knowing that this is like a kid's movie and like a Christmassy movie, it also felt like kids are going to find that funny and they're not going to think it's shoehorned. They're going to think everything's just. They're just going to roll with that, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to seem like a logical way to sneak onto a movie set is to show up pretending to be the snake guy. Yeah, doing them horror movies. <laughs> I do like that you just pull it up where the horror movie guy's at. And it's it's a very Florida thing, too. The movie's set in Florida, and it's like it seems like Florida is known <clears> as the one place where it's like, yeah, there'd be a movie studio, but then there'd be a guy down the road with like a snake ranch who just hasn't showered in two years and like <laughs> drinks mud water for breakfast and is just has snakes in the back of his truck with no crates or cages of any sort. <laughs> I don't know. That just seems very Florida to me. Um, so since I mentioned I haven't watched this in a long time, and really I haven't really watched much Ernest stuff in a long time, I guess I didn't remember him being sort of like a bumbling buffoon. Like, I always thought he was funny, but I don't... Like, I, di- I didn't realize that sort of came from him just being kind of bumbling and kind of stupid or whatever oh really yeah i don't know why yeah but so i mean i was kind of surprised when i watched this and i'm like oh holy shit they're playing him off like he's just a complete dummy man i mean that was kind of always the earnest thing that he's he's a shy uh, uh a kind of like an idiotic man child mm-hmm. who really 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 has unjustified self-confidence <laughs> He really does think he's much more important to the world than he is. And, you know, by the time Ernest in the Army came out, uh, he'd been uh, just about everywhere in the world and had solved a lot of people's life problems, so he had a reason for that confidence. But back in the first couple of movies, he uh, probably should not have been so self-assured. Yeah, I would say if if you're basing your uh, view of Ernest strictly off Joe and his ridiculous amount of fucking commercials. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't think... even know there was commercials until like many years after the TV show or after the movies and stuff. Really, man, yeah. it's it's amazing how many he fucking did. Uh, but I would say this movie presents the most earnest, like earnest of all the movies. <laughs> if if that makes sense, it's the most uh, direct from like this is what the TV shows like versus this is what the movies like. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the the best. It's probably the best introductory movie. That's a, that's an interesting debate to have. We'd have to watch all the movies in order to decide that for sure. Oh. So, Ernest Month. <laughs> probably not. It's but longer than a month. <laughs> there are nine Ernest movies. For those of you keeping track at home, I did look it up. Okay. In the. That doesn't count any of the commercials or TV shows, of course. So, um, yeah, but I, like I think the Ernest as presented in this movie is—he is that lovable buffoon, but he's got that real heart of gold that makes him just want to always help people, and that's what makes him a likable character instead of just like an annoying idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, it, the movie opens with him losing his job because he's giving Santa a free ride. If you, you know, giving a free cab ride to Santa, what more do you want out of trying to prove that your character is just, you know? got that heart of gold going for him and is just going to constantly be uh, 
it's impossible not to like him in this movie, I think. Like, he just, he meets this teenage runaway, he immediately, like, brings her over to his friend's house. Even though he's so stupid that he breaks half of his friend's shit, he does just invite this girl to the party because she's got nowhere else to go and he's just got to help her out. It's just his instinct, right? Yeah. And doesn't realize his friend is really not his friend. Not his friend. (laughs) It does seem like Ernest is almost like a kid. And it's like his friend is like the adult who's like, I can't tell this child to go away, but I really kind of want him to. Like if you have like an, like almost like if you had like a neighbor whose kid was annoying and the kid keeps coming over and wanting to talk to you and you're like, I can't like smack this child, but uh, it doesn't mean I don't want to smack this child. And it's just like, I, I, I don't know how to make him go away. And you just always come over and trying to help with stuff or be your buddy. That's, that's how Ernest feels with his relationship with Vern in this movie. Yeah, yeah. From what I read, Vern was from the commercials. Yes, like that was sort of the like he was talking to Vern in the commercials, which is how you would sell Coca Cola or whatever. Yeah, and it was, that way. And and it's basically the exact same thing where like the commercials shown from Vern's perspective, and it's always like Ernest like popping up in his kitchen window or something, be like, "Hey, you want to try some of this Sprite? It's got the great taste of lime." And like Vern trying to like shut the window on him. <laughs> and, and, you know, eventually, of course, Ernest would get his hands shut in the window, and Vern would just like walk off. <laughs> See what's hilarious about that is that it's like that makes me want to watch the commercials. <laughs> I'm sure they're probably all over YouTube. Hey, hey guess what? Probably. Amazon Prime, the oh, best of Ernest Volume One and Two. We'll talk about that and the things you watch. Then. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we, will. <laughs> we, we let you watch one Ernest movie, so you got to watch everything Ernest related. A black hole. Uh, the the good news is, I literally do not have the fucking time to watch every Ernest thing. So that hole automatically had a bottom. <laughs> That's reassuring. Can't wait till next week when we hear about this again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I said no more Ernest and I fell off the wagon and had that <laughs> Ernest monkey on my back. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. Anything else you guys want to discuss about this movie? I just had a great time watching it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I would I would say it's got it's got like three or four scenes that make the entire movie like worth it. Alright. Just let's go through those scenes. Well, the Vern scene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I think the beginning part where he's driving the cab all insane is really fucking funny. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I like the guy in the backseat when he's sliding back and forth across the cab. I laughed out loud when that happened. Yeah. Uh, he falls out of the cab and yeah. just like is basically just stiff now. I, I love the. I love the line when uh, Ernest runs over. You can't get out here, Mister. We got to get you to that plane. Like <laughs> he's so dumb that he doesn't understand that he caused the guy to fall out. Is it's just there's something about that joke that I just I like because it's not because I think the way the character's portrayed is he's not so dumb that he doesn't understand he caused it. He's so innocent that he doesn't understand he caused it. There is a mild difference. Yeah. And then I'd say Ernest driving the sleigh. Because it's really fucking funny. Oh, yeah, that is good. I think it would not be as funny if they didn't have the two elf actors back there doing the reaction shots of just <laughs> fucking being horrified of everything Ernest is doing. That was like the audience's perspective on what was happening. Imagine you were back there. Oh, shit. <laughs> Wouldn't be funny then, would it? 
<laughs> yeah, I did like how they get up in their atmosphere and they're just he's just like, All right, nobody moves, nobody dies. <laughs> And then, of course, one of them has to sneeze, and then it's just like the sleigh like plummeting to Earth. <laughs> uh, do you have any other favorite parts, Doug? Uh, well, obviously, as the horror fan, when uh, the <laughs> when the actor that is going to be taking over is Santa, when they go to the set to find him, and he's like going through his scene on the... Uh, on the set, all of a sudden, like the creature from the Black Lagoon attacks him, <laughs> and that's when the reveal comes that he's not trying out for a part in Santa's sleigh; he's trying out for a part in Santa's sleigh, S L A Y. And I'm like that. I, I, as much as it's ridiculous, and as much as it's like, I objectively recognize that that's not a good joke. <laughs> Got to see the creature from the Black Lagoon with some extra stuff thrown on top of him, attacking an actor in the middle of a cottage. That made me laugh. Yeah, yeah but we get to the fine because he's so desperate because his children's show got canceled. Um, that he's contemplating taking this lead role in this horror movie that he really doesn't want to do. Yeah. To the point that he can't even swear in front of the children on the set. Which then, of course, makes him the perfect candidate to be the new Santa. Yeah. And, and it's the thing about this movie is it's a well-made film in that okay it's a ridiculous scene and it's kind of funny but when you stop and think about it you're like yeah they are setting up all that stuff they are making sure that this character remains lovable and there's kind of a running joke with this actor because the, his kid show character has a beard and everybody wants him to shave it for the movie and he he doesn't want to shave it and santa every now and again kind of drop a line saying don't shave it you're gonna need that beard kind of thing <laughs> and it's like okay yeah like it's kind of the the beard is obviously symbolic. If he shaves the beard, he's giving up on being the t- kids' TV host, and he's going to go do other acting jobs. If he keeps the beard, he's going to stay who he is, and he's going to become the the new Santa. And it's like it again. It's this is a kids' movie. Most of the audience that this is intended for isn't going to be thinking about that stuff, mm-hmm. but it's all obviously there. And I think subconsciously you're going to pick up on it all if you're just kind of sitting watching this movie on the TV on like at Christmas time kind of thing. Agreed. Should we talk about why this is the most Easter-y Santa Claus movie of all time? Sure, go for it. Uh, a brief cameo of the Easter Bunny at the end of the movie for no fucking reason. <laughs> it's funny, it's one of those moments that sets up a sequel that you'd kind of hope would happen. You sort of wish Ernest had to come back and save the Easter Bunny later, don't you? Of course. If only, if only there were more holiday based. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention when I was talking about the TV show. Um, those two guys from the warehouse are regulars on on his TV show. Yeah, and they show up in a lot of the movies as well, right? Yeah. 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 Up until the the quiet guy, I do believe he died, mm. and then they kind of just went with the fat guy and kind of pretend that the other guy didn't exist. <laughs> they didn't Rogue One it and just CGI him into the film? Or they should. On the direct-to-video Ernest movies from the 90s? If Jim Varney was still alive to make another Ernest movie, that would be the best fucking thing ever. <laughs> I, You know what? They made they made Ernest movies until 1998. They had CGI at that point. It would have looked terrible, but it would have been fun as hell to watch. 
<laughs> They're all pretending this CGI character in 1990s CGI is real. That'd be great. Uh, they could have just weakened up Bernie's them. <laughs> yeah. Just, I feel like eventually the body starts to stink in between productions. Just a cut out of his face on a stick. Yeah. But he does, doesn't ever really, is... he doesn't say much, so it'd be easy. Yep. <sighs> yeah. Good times. Yeah. So, so overall, I, I think. Yeah, I use the Easter shot, the Easter Bunny shot at the end as our coming soon shot to give everybody a little tease to see if they would catch on to what we're what we're planning on talking about. Nobody said anything, though. Mm. Ah. It's possible that we don't have any listeners or that they just don't care what is coming up. <laughs> that is very possible. I mean, that's that's how I'd approach it. If I were them, I would not care. So. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, anything else before we move on? No, it's awesome. Watch it. it yeah, awesome. yeah. It's it, this was like a really enjoyable watch for me. I did not anticipate liking it. Like, I really like. One of the reasons that we're doing this as an Easter show is because I, I didn't want to do it like four months ago or whatever when it <laughs> first came up in conversation. I guess whatever it is, like twenty-seven weeks. Somebody can do the math. Um, and I'm like, show probably won't exist by Easter. Let's do it as the Easter show. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I watched it and I enjoyed it and I like I really do sort of feel like it's it would just be a fun movie to sit and watch with kids at Christmas and that's exactly what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. So it kind of reminds me of like the first time I saw the movie Elf with Will Ferrell. I'm just like I came into this hoping for a comedy but what I got was like a good Christmas movie. Mm. And Doug's heart grew three sizes that day. Uh, yes. And then, and then shrank again after all the beer he drank. Yeah, well, it's, you got to offset that. It's not healthy. You get an enlarged heart. There's gotta, that's got to be a downside to it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, we decided to follow that up with yet another Easter movie. Um, this one also with Jim Varney called uh Ernest Scared Stupid because Ernest um so we find in this one the Ernest is a garbage man but someone in his family helped capture a troll and plant it under a tree many years ago and then uh the only way for the troll to be I guess released is to say some mumbo jumbo and knock on the tree or something? <laughs> yeah, one of the greatest, one of the greatest fucking scenes in a movie of all time. <laughs> I just, I wish horror movies had the balls to put that scene in an actual horror movie because it would, because that's how dumb the fucking people in horror movies are anyway. <laughs> just, you know, I've got to put my hand on this and cut my finger like this and go, ooh, bitty doo, bitty He ends it when he, and when he ends it, he goes, and what are the odds of that happening? And he just did it all. It's hilarious. Sorenus <laughs> uh, has a good friendship with some of the neighborhood kids. Um, they ask for help and I guess in building like a tree house which just happens to be the tree they pick is the one with the troll buried underneath of it Ernest of course says the mumbo jumbo does exactly what we just said so the troll's released and it turns out the troll likes to steal the 
souls of children um i don't i guess to like regrow like other trolls sort of feed this tree that will then give them uh it's not as clear as it could be yeah like brussels sprout type things which then will create other trolls their soul energy creates tree brussels sprouts which makes his children oh okay that, that's 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 much makes much makes yeah. much more sense <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm glad you clarified that that's yeah. really really helpful <laughs> um so of course nobody believes the kids or Ernest that there's a troll running around until it's too late and then uh yeah Ernest has to rise to the occasion and defeat the troll once and for all so how does everybody feel about Ernest scared stupid no, go ahead. Uh, well, first of all, it's got Catwoman in it. It does. So that's that's a huge plus. Uh, I would say, as as far as Halloween movies go, there aren't a lot of besides just calling every horror movie a Halloween movie. It seems like there aren't a lot of good actual Halloween themed movies. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shitty ones, but this is one of the good ones, and it's it's just good enough that any adult should be able to enjoy it and it's the special effects on the troll are just good enough that like a smaller kid actually is probably pretty fucking afraid of that troll <laughs> uh from what i read that this is kind of the downfall of the Ernest franchise theatrically because they think it might have been too scary for children i can see that argument i can understand why people would not maybe like i can understand why the Ernest character that people knew coming into this would have been appealing to like six-year-olds and people take mm-hmm. a six-year-old to this movie and go, uh, oops, <laughs> great. <laughs> it's going to be really fun to wake up twice a night for the next three weeks effort to show this movie to a six-year-old. And, and yet nobody bats an eye at a show in the same kid monster squad and monster squad way fucking more adult than this movie. That's true. I think the difference is that a movie like Monster Squad is more adult, whereas this is like, it's trying to be a kid's movie and it's sort of messing it up, if that makes any sense. And I think I think kids know that, right? Like they sort of inherently feel closer to movies that are for kids. And Monster Squad sort of almost would feel more like a movie that's for adults that they somehow get to watch, but they would know that that's inherently bad and it feels more removed to, to them. Does that make any sense? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. To, to an extent, yeah. So, like, I think, like, Ernest is their friend, right? And so when all this stuff happens to Ernest, it's stuff that happened to their friend. But those the people in Monster Squad aren't their friends. The people in Monster Squad are people from an adult movie. From the perspective of a six-year-old. It's hmm. an interesting way to put it, Doug. Doesn't sound like you find it interesting, but no, I do. I'm, I'm <laughs> no, 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 no. That's legit. That's some deep earnest, scared, stupid shit right there. <laughs> Sometimes I like to overthink things. I thought the whole time we were going to spend talking about the fact that the way to beat the troll is through milk and love. I believe you mean Miak. Miak. <laughs> you thought I couldn't get me Miak this time of year. <laughs> God, I love this fucking movie so much. (laughs) Um, And the big tie back to the last four weeks of our show. 
is the Kyoto Brothers do all the uh, monster work in this. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and then if you look at if you look at the trolls in this, and then the clowns and killer clowns in outer space, they have a lot of similarities. Oh yeah. So speaking of the last few weeks, um, I have a question that I think relates back to our previous shows. Is this supposed to be the same Ernest or is it a different Ernest than every movie? <laughs> because why is he like always in a whole, like seemingly a whole new life at the beginning of every movie? Well, almost every movie involves him either destroying the place he works or getting fired from the place he works. There's some truth yeah. to that. Yeah. And you're making a joke, but seven-year-old me was very concerned about this. Because <laughs> I've always had a problem with people not following continuity. It bothered me in the Pee Wee Herman movies. Like, okay, he's got his bike, but now why does he live on a farm? And his bike's nowhere to be seen. This is bullshit. Um, so this is always but, a- no, but I, I do think it is interesting that these movies are all kind of standalone. And mm. it's kind of like an interesting thing that it's like, well... One could argue that they take place in some sort of weird parallel universes, and that's why the laws of physics are different in different. Oh my god! It is real. And the Ernest multiverse, infinite Ernest. <laughs> that's what I'm proposing here. Ernest you string did, theory you changed my fucking life. <laughs> I in, in my head now there are infinite Ernests. There, in somewhere, there's a universe where there are still new Ernest movies. Oh. No, has to drop off the podcast. He has to go study physics now. <laughs> I will tear a hole in this fucking universe. It bring back Jim Barney. Uh, so we get a crossover to the Ernest verse. Ernest for multiverses crossing over. This is, this is... Just it'll just end up turning into like fringe season three, where now I've pissed off twenty other alternate Noahs <laughs> who are now angry that I've taken their Jim Varney. <laughs> <laughs> that just got weird. Oh, come how come on. there's not a cartoon artist? Is there a cartoon artist? Uh, not directly. Apparently. They did use a CGI Ernest in something after Jim Varney passed away. Oh, see, that I don't agree with. <laughs> but ironically, I'd be fine with just a cartoon Ernest show. <laughs> a Saturday morning cartoon. But The weird well. thing is, something in my head is saying that there was some kind of a cartoon Ernest thing. But I can't quite put my finger on what the fuck it was. I'm going to Wikipedia, so. I wonder if they did like a pilot episode or something. Maybe. Uh, let's see. Specials. Films. Scrapped films. <laughs> that sounds like a gold uh, mine. <laughs> uh, it is. It's pretty short. Uh, all right, here we go. I'll just read through this. Cause <laughs> just... in, uh, see, in 1996, Ernest films were reported to be in development. Um. So apparently there was one that was going to be called Ernest Spaced Out that would have been him. Uh, I believe it was kind of like a Lost in Space epic. Yeah. Seemed like astronauts. There were astronauts, maybe a space capsule. Ernest in Space is all you need to say. We know yeah. where it's headed. Uh, he said there was a script written for Ernest and the Voodoo Curse. 
and they said they went back to the Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein kind of thing. Uh, had a really bad guy. It happened on an island like Hawaii. So we had voodoo and a high priest. It was like an idiot version of Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> I love the way that sounds. We had lines of zombies, voodoo potions, and Ernest pretending to be a zombie. <laughs> the world's uh, the worst place for that never having been made. Do you remember like when Ernest was the one that pretended to be a zombie, and now it's like characters in The Walking Dead do it every second week? <laughs> Uh, there was a woman in it who had one blue eye and one brown eye. She was supposed to be the woman of Ernest's dreams. And, of course, she would have nothing to do with him. Um, see, by 2003, Varney's IMDb biography stated that he had died before he could finish filming a 10th Ernest film titled Ernest the Pirate, which was slated to be scheduled for release in 2000. But they said that the film never existed. Varney had actually been in consideration for a role in the 99 film Pirates of the Plane. Hmm. What was I looking for? Oh, reboot. Okay. Uh, so in October 2012, there was a film reboot that was announced tentatively, tentatively titled Son of Ernest. And it's oh. suggested by the title, the film would focus on Ernest's long-lost son, who was briefly mentioned on his TV show once, or in his newsletter or something. Hmm. See, I think the way to do it would be better to have a flashback and have a kid just play the kid version of Ernest. Because <laughs> then you could that'd be make it easier to explain why he's wearing the Ernest outfit. There you go. Uh, I thought there was something about... Oh, here we go. Uh, see, in 2005, five years after Varney's death, the Ernest P. World character returned in new commercials as a CGI cartoon... Created by an animation company called Face to Face and produced by the uh, Ernest Originators. Because Ernest was created by an advertising company, for those that are not aware. Uh, Ernest was voiced by John C. Hudgens, an advertising and broadcast producer. Yeah. Right. So that's about, that's about as far as we got for a cartoon Ernest character. Okay, well, there should have been a cartoon Ernest. But we're way off topic for our Ernest Scared Stupid discussion <laughs> at this point. Well, we we're off get... topic. I just want to point out one more thing. I'm pretty sure Ernest Spaced Out is just the movie Rocket Man with, with Ernest instead of what's his name. Uh, you're probably not wrong. <laughs> I almost wonder if it wasn't the same script. It seems like you're making quite a bold assumption. Oh, no. Rocket Man came out in 97. Oh, okay. He was still alive at that point. Moving on. Uh, so no Vern in this, uh, this movie. Which is well, sad. I noticed that this movie had uh, some changes to the whole Ernest lore. The mm. lack of Vern... The dog is there now, which is okay. Yeah. Um, Apparently, he was also in Ernest Goes to Jail, which is the movie that happened right before this. Yeah, and I remember the dog from that movie because this is this is also my first time sitting down to watch Ernest Scared Stupid start to finish. Believe it or not, <laughs> the big thing I noticed with the Ernest character was did anybody else find it was just like a meaner take on the character. Like, not that Ernest was meaner, but like instead of just like having him be dumb and. Nobody bringing up the fact that he's dumb. Like, there's a 
line of dialogue that says that like his family DNA causes them to get stupider every generation <laughs> until they finally get down to him. And then like there's like multiple times where they start calling him redneck and stuff, and I'm like, I don't know, it didn't feel like in the Christmas movie that anyone was ever like calling him an that's, idiot, except for maybe well, the villain characters. That's because it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> So, so have, you, have you ever watched any Ernest movie? Uh, Ernest Goes to Camp. Watched it lots of times when I was a kid. Okay. And Ernest Goes to Jail I have seen, but not since I was a child. Hmm. And I've seen like bits and pieces of it all the time. I but was, mainly I mean, there was, was, there was a... The people being mean to Ernest is usually the entire plot of the movie. Oh. Huh. Because I don't know, I didn't like it as much because of that, but it's like, this was a a big letdown for me after watching the last one predominantly because I felt like it just didn't have that innocence to it that the last one had. It didn't have that kind of like, he was less childlike and it felt more like people were just being mean to the retarded guy in town. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I can see that. I had, I had th- that's why I came up with the multiple Ernest theory because I didn't want them to be treating the Ernest <laughs> from the last movie this way. Like, don't do that. Maybe it's he a different Ernest Christmas. altogether. He saved Christmas, damn it! How dare you? That's yeah. That's kind of how I felt. Hmm. What's some of your favorite moments there, Noah? Ooh, the Miak joke is really fucking funny. <laughs> I also like that the. The, the final battle between the multiple trolls and the children, I'm not 100% sure, but I think that's a pretty direct fucking Lost Boys reference. <laughs> of Instead of filling squirt guns with holy waters to battle the vampires, they've just got <laughs> fucking super soakers filled with milk. That seems right. Yeah, I can see that. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if that's intentional or not, but I have to assume it's intentional. Because otherwise, that's a fucking pretty big coincidence. <laughs> uh, and uh, everything that Catwoman does is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, she's like a um, sort of what everybody thinks is like a local crazy lady. But she's actually makes like artwork and stuff. And uh, her brother and sister were souls were captured by this troll like way back in the day or whatever. Yeah. How old exactly is she supposed to fucking be? That's what I was wondering. Um, fairy. If those are her sisters and the entire point is that generation after generation, the worlds have become stupider. Mm-hmm. How fucking young have all of the worlds had kids and died? <laughs> Because my assumption is it's taken a few generations to get that dumb. He's not the grandson of that guy and all of a sudden super dummy dumb. Didn't he call him his great-grandfather, I think? I believe that's correct, yeah. So, three more generations since the one that buried him? Or buried the troll? I mean, I guess if they're all getting pregnant at 15 and... (laughs) Well, I mean, they're all dumb, so I mean... Yeah, they're they're dumb and it's kind of a rural area. <laughs> ah, it hurts because it's true. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you have any favorite parts, Doug? 
Uh, I kind of like the part where he goes, I don't know why. Again, this is something I, I didn't overall like about the movie, but I liked the fact that when he went to the hardware store and they tricked him into buying all the dumb shit saying it was like troll repellent and all that. <laughs> I don't know why I got a kick out of that. Although it it pulled me out of the movie a little bit because I'm like, oh, that's just mean to do that to the guy. Who's if you're stupid enough to buy all this stuff, they shouldn't trick you into buying it. <laughs> um, but it was pretty funny to watch. He's just like, and he's taking it all very seriously. And they're all like, they're even helping him later on. And that but they still don't believe there's trolls, so they don't think there could be any negative consequences to what they've done. It's like, yeah, they'll never figure it out. We just made a shit ton of money. It is like over a like I think it's upwards of a thousand dollars that he spends on this troll stuff, and it's just like, <laughs> where did he get that? That's the other question I had. How much are they paying their sanitary engineers in that town? <laughs> well, I mean, it's Ernest. He probably doesn't need much to live on. It's not like he's dating or anything. Ah, poor Ernest. Yeah. As as far as the horror end of stuff, the the scene with the troll uh, attacking them while they're in the truck, mm-hmm. man, that's a good fucking scene. And <laughs> I mean, just just as like a kids horror movie thing, that was an Ernest thing, even. Yeah, Amanda was chuckling at the uh, dog driving, driving yeah. the truck. The dog driving the truck was probably my favorite. 12 seconds of footage in the movie because like holy shit uh, I mean it was a dog driving a truck that's the kind of thing that I can get behind every time especially a Jack Russell Terrier so it's not like he's pushing on the pedals he's just literally just steering the truck yeah, you're right that's where the issue came in <laughs> it's really threw me for a bit of a loop there because I didn't know how he, they didn't show if he was wearing like boots with really long heels or if he had phone books down there or something made the whole it really really pulled me out of the continuity uh, uh, so for me I actually really enjoy the opening credits which sounds weird but it's just like old black and white like horror movie footage intercut with Ernest like reacting to stuff like, I feel like this is what I want on, like, the TV, like, during, like, a Halloween party. <laughs> like, just looped over and over again. Just weird old-timey footage. And then Ernest, like, skulking around and making weird faces. That just seems really enjoyable to me. <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs> you're not going to have a lot of people coming back for your next year's party. You better make the first <laughs> one count if this is what you're doing to them. Yeah, well, I'm not saying it's Ernest, Boris Karloff, Ernest. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying we're gonna sit down and watch it. I'm just saying it's like on. We're <laughs> like there's. We're not even playing like the music from it. I'm just. It's just the video that's on the screen. I don't know. Fair it's enough. Something I really enjoyed about. It. Uh, I don't know. Has anybody else got anything else? All right. I, I, I did feel this movie was a letdown after the last one. I felt everything, and I guess it's just because it, maybe it is part four in the mm-hmm. series of films, but it felt a lot more forced, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say, it seemed like they were treating Ernest meaner and they were making fun of him instead of having fun with him the way they were in the last movie. So it really pulled me out of it. I didn't enjoy it nearly as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, some of the horror stuff did work on that level, which was pretty cool. Better than I expected it to, because I was expecting it to be more of a kid's movie and to be less dark, I guess. 
Yeah. What about you, Noah? Anything? I'm always happy when there's a horror movie that I can show to my nieces and nephews and my brother like won't yell at me for it. <laughs> oh, come on. They really wanted to see pieces. <laughs> right? <laughs> come, children. Let me show you Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a good time. I'd only ever seen this one once before. I think my... My uh, tolerance of Ernest was waning at this point because I was getting too old, but uh, fun to rewatch. I had a good time with it. Uh, I still think probably Ernest Goes to Camp maybe my favorite one. And I think that's because I saw that one in the theater with my grandparents when I was younger. That seems like a movie that my grandparents would take me to. But, well, yeah. Ernest, Ernest Goes to Camp is quite possibly... The best summer camp movie. Oh, that's and, and words. I was going to say, there are a lot of those, too. <laughs> that is a broad genre of film. I was going to say, I don't know how you draw a comparison. Like, if you're doing charts and you're like, oh, do I prefer Ernest Goes to Camp or The Burning? They're kind of, they're both summer camp movies. It's hard to know how to measure them against each I'm other, not, though. I, I'm not even including horror movies. I'm literally talking about summer camp movies that were like young adult films about kids going to summer camp and learning about friendship and lessons. <laughs> oh, I wonder if someone could make an edit of Ernest Goes to Camp. Ooh, Ernest Goes to Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even... Could you imagine the, like you know the scene from Sleepaway Camp and then Ernest's facial reaction to that just cut in (laughs) doing that thing with his jaw going back and forth oh my god that'd be the greatest thing ever you want to talk about a twist fucking ending on a movie (laughs) nobody nobody sees that ending in an Ernest movie coming if if they ever did make that movie I think I'd have to apologize for criticizing the way they treated the teenage character in uh, Ernest Saves Christmas I guess that one wasn't so bad after all. (laughs) Jesus Christ. So we are in luck because someone made an Ernest Goes to Sleepaway Camp trailer at least. Yes. Uh. (sighs) Alright, cut to break so I can go watch that. (laughs) Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Alright, did Noah disappear? He's still here. No, I'm still here. Okay. Um, so we got two emails. Um, I shared them both in the group chat. So I'm going to read the first one. Noah, do you want to read the second one? Sure. And then, uh, Doug, we're going to be coming out of a voicemail from Eric. Eric. Calling you out. <laughs> and then talking about Easter candy, which we'll get into. All right. <clears throat> All right, so we just came out of a voicemail from Eric, who is uh, calling you out, Doug. Yeah, yeah, you don't you don't hear from the guy for months, and all of a sudden he just has to call in with a very 
strongly worded message. A lot of foul language. Unnecessary, in my opinion. <laughs> this is a clean show. Yeah. And, and the gist of his message is that somehow The Rock is so much better a person than me. And yeah, well, fine. I mean, fine. we all kind of knew that. Yeah, but my response would be to his comments is, yeah, The Rock's better than me, but Warwick Davis is so much better than The Rock. So I think that Eric has just inadvertently created a situation where The Rock owes Warwick Davis an apology, and I don't know how we're going to make that happen. Uh, perhaps give The Rock a cameo in Leprechauns. Well, <laughs> we'll see if we have the budget. <laughs> I'm not convinced. Maybe he'll do it as a favor since he owes Warwick Davis an apology. <laughs> it's, just, it's his way of making it up to him. Yeah. I think that's right. <laughs> Also, I think we're all in agreement. Peeps are disgusting. Well, you would be wrong, because I love peeps. What in the fuck? Oh, twist. I've never had a peep. So we are in quite the conundrum here. We have okay. one pro, one con, and one... I don't think these things are in Canada, but maybe they are, and I just don't know about them. So a peep is a tiny chick-shaped uh, sugar-covered marshmallow. Or rather where they've replaced the marshmallow with hot garbage. <laughs> I don't think that would be completely true. Um, all, peeps, all, all peeps are stale. Peeps are made stale. Also not true. <laughs> They're disgusting. They are awful. And the people who make them should feel bad. <laughs> Yeah, so it's basically just marshmallow covered in different colored sugar. So it's literally just sugar on top of sugar. Yeah, and they're not vegetarian according to the information I found when I googled them to find out what they were. Yeah. I Is assume that... they're made of yak fat and wax. <laughs> Is it not being vegetarian? Is that a turn off for you, Doug? No, you'd think it'd be a selling point. But... Hmm. I ain't gonna lie to you. There's there's a lot of good Easter candy out there, and if this candy is so controversial, I don't think I'm gonna try one. I'm just gonna let that go. No. I like peeps. Noah can go. Yeah. Noah and Eric both can go. Just jump off a cliff. They're so they're so gross. Eric did uh, say he appreciated the Cadbury's though. Yeah. Like we, I don't know. It seems like we uh, we're at a stalemate here. Is this where we're finally going to start getting feedback from all our listeners? They're all going to they're all going to be calling in <laughs> and tell us their opinion on candy. <laughs> we'll abandon this movie nonsense. No We've been asking the it. wrong questions. Today's today's show: candy corn, bad candy, or the worst candy? Oh, candy corn's not that bad. Says the guy who likes peeps. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> if I get a candy corn flavored peep, it'd be the greatest thing ever. Oh, oh that makes my stomach hurt. Poor <laughs> <laughs> Nova Palmas, we should address the other thing that Eric said, which is that he was really looking forward to our Easter show that we have been hyping up. Yes. So, he, so by the time he's hearing these comments, he's like probably pretty disappointed. <laughs> I would I would like to say for the world and everyone 
This is not an April Fool's Day joke. <laughs> no, we are not nearly organized enough to have planned wow. this in advance and have it come out on April Fool's Day. That is just a happy coincidence that that happened. Yeah. I, think, I think I said last week, I, I described exactly how this show came about, which is that Noah said he wanted to do the movies, and I said, I'm not doing those till Easter. And we all just stuck by it. And it's been like, <laughs> we are on week 28 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we have waited that long to do these movies for no other reason than that random comment that I made in the group chat so yeah. long ago. Yeah, and it's uh, been on, it's been labeled on our list as the Easter show. And then about a month ago, I was like, "Hey guys, guess what? Easter's <laughs> on April first this year." <laughs> All right. So we weren't going to change our our uh, idea. Because Easter happens to fall on April first, but I think we just want to reassure everyone that this was not intended as a prank. That we just no. genuinely thought this was a good Easter show <laughs> for how, some reason. How funny would it be if on Easter this year uh, Jesus came back, and then all of a sudden he was like, "No, I'm just kidding. I'm the Antichrist." Woo! <laughs> April Fool's bitches. I thought you were going to say Jesus comes back, listens to our podcast, and goes, this is how they celebrate Easter? (laughs) Fuck it, y'all. I'm going back to where I came from. I'm assuming Jesus would come back, listen to this podcast, sit down, watch every fucking Ernest movie, forget about everything, and just the world goes to shit. Sit down on the couch and fill himself on peeps while watching the Ernest movie? What is is this binge watching that everyone's (laughs) talking about? Oh shit, Jessica Jones is the bomb. <laughs> fuck, fuck the apocalypse. I need to see season three. <laughs> but Jesus, we're ready to go home. I said season three. <laughs> yeah, so right. I hope you enjoyed, Eric. I don't. Really <laughs> I don't like that, so. Uh, so we actually got two other pieces of feedback. One was a comment on the website. Uh, which I barely caught. <laughs> we should be checking that more often. Yes, I mean, supposedly it sends an email, which is how I caught it, but eh. Um, so this one's from Andy, and I believe Andy, this is the first time he's emailed. And it says, hey, Brian, as a listener to the last horrorcast, I've continued along to the drive-in. It was a bit rusty at first, but you guys are getting the hang of it lately. Just lately? <laughs> That's not reassuring. Wait till he hears this episode. I feel like every episode's been a slam dunk so far. <laughs> a slam dunk earnest. Uh, I felt I should let you know that the boobs are definitely preferable to Van Damme butt, uh, which he's talking about to the whatever weird image I could find for the cover art for the actual episode uh, when it shows up on your phone. Although I need to be sure the screen in my car is shut off whenever the kids are in the car so I don't accidentally flash them while switching from FM to satellite radio. It's probably a good idea. I disagree. Kids got to grow up sometime. <laughs> exactly. It's better that or they learn it on the streets. It's better that they learn about Van Damme's ass than on the streets where all the other kids are learning about Van Damme's ass. You don't, you don't want him learning about Van Damme's ass from the later bad Van Damme movies, do you? <laughs> Makes you a bad parent. I just had this great visual of like older kids coming up to this guy's kids and just being like, 
guys want to see something cool? And they've got like a, a VHS box in their tape and they turn it around and it's a shot of Van Damme's ass on the back. <laughs> uh, just wanted to recommend one of my favorite Street Fighter films, Hard Times with Charles Bronson and James Coburn. Very lean film with Bronson as a depression era and bare knuckle boxer who is at his awesome best. Uh, I do think you and Doug would really enjoy it, but maybe not be schlocky enough for Noah. Do check it out sometime. It's pretty short running time, but almost all action. Keep up the casting. P.S. I am still not a first-time emailer. Hmm. Now, is that the first time we've heard from him? Or? I believe it's the first time we've heard from Andy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. I actually do think that movie sounds good, and I do want to watch it. Yeah, me too. It's got, it's got fucking Charles Bronson in it. Yeah. All you have to do is say Charles Bronson, and, yeah. and we're like, yep, sold. So, now that doesn't mean I'm going to watch it. That means it's going on the list, but that list gets longer every week. Shorter, <laughs> <true>. so. <laughs> and I would like to say, I like non-schlocky movies. I just love schlocky movies. <laughs> I just love that the listeners are now writing in with like a caveat to the recommendations. Like, this might be too good for Noah to enjoy. <laughs> so, <laughs> this would won several awards. No, no Not for Noah. Perhaps if Noah's not around one week, the rest of you would like to enjoy this film. And then, and then the worst thing is I end up with terrible arguments. Like, The Shape of Water won a bunch of awards, and it's Guillermo del Toro, and I love it. <laughs> um, I don't think we talked about it on the show, but I did post it in the group, that there is that movie Death Kiss that's coming out. That yes. somehow they found someone who looks exactly like Charles Bronson and is basically heralded as an unofficial sequel to the original Death Wish series. Yeah, and it looks surprisingly better than that Bruce Willis movie. Yeah. I have to I have to see it. He looks like a fucking clone. I know, it's terrifying. Yeah, we'll probably watch that movie. The government has perfected cloning technology and they've used it to recreate <laughs> Charles Bronson. <laughs> just for just as the actor. They're not gonna use him for anything else. No. Which but, weirdly enough, best use of bad technology possible. Yeah. As I say, it's probably yeah, the best the best use of it. We need Charles Bronson back. That could be a show if we teamed that movie up with the Kevin Bacon movie that was sort of an unofficial entry in the Death Wish series. Oh yeah. So Death Kiss and Death Sentence. That's right, because Death Sentence was a good movie if I recall. Uh I don't remember enjoying it, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. And I'm always willing to give Kevin Bacon another another uh chance so why not and it has john goodman in it so it does have john goodman in it that's right Ooh. i'm down that john goodman how the fuck did they talk him into going back to tv i don't know they probably they gave him money and he's a professional actor so he does things in exchange for money that's yeah, what but he does. they would have to give him a lot of money <laughs> oh it's entirely plausible too that he loved his time on the show and just wanted to return to it. Uh, from what I understand, um, Roseanne was kind of keen on the idea of doing a revival, but she sent Sarah Gilbert around to, to talk to everybody because she thought everybody liked Sarah Gilbert the most from doing the show. Oh, so yeah. they'd be more inclined to say yes. Probably apparently, apparently worked. Right. I, don't, I don't know much about modern day Sarah Gilbert. I don't know if she's likable or not. So I don't know if she could talk me into doing the show or not. But Probably. They, they didn't come asking me. 
so it's not relevant. <laughs> so did anybody watch the Roseanne uh, yeah. episode? Yeah, I watched it. What'd you think? It's okay. Yeah, that's about where I'm at. I thought the politics were a little odd. Yeah, and I'm glad it was just that like half of the first episode. Like if it was like that every episode, I'd be like, ugh, it's fucking stupid. I, I did not watch it. I should probably watch it. Yeah. I mean, oh, apparently, apparently 18 and a half other million people watch it. So that show is a lot more beloved than I thought it was. Like, I remember people liking that show, but mm-hmm. I don't remember people just loving it the way they seem to or seem to think they do. Because, like, Facebook and the whole internet just went crazy with Roseanne <laughs> stuff when they announced it. It's like, oh, you guys all love Roseanne? It's like weird. Uh, I really enjoyed Roseanne. Um, it would catch reruns like years, like years ago. And I'd be like, oh man, I forgot how funny this show was. Because I feel like it was, for the most part, realistic up until they won the lottery and then everything went fucking crazy. This might, I might be crazy here, but did Jim Varney show up in the show after they won uh, the lottery? He did. He did. So it all ties yeah. in. All right. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I, I had stopped watching by that point. Yeah. So I kind of like, I, I definitely saw clips of it or whatever, but I never. Yeah. He, he plays a prince that mm-hmm. went to like a Texas university or something like that. And there's this running joke in the show where he's always very prim and proper until you get him drinking. And then all of a sudden he starts talking like a crazy redneck. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, uh, I watched it. It was okay. It feels really stiff and I'm hoping it's just, they're trying to get back in the groove of doing the show again. And maybe that'll sort of work itself out, but I don't know. I'm a little bit out of the loop. What is the plan? Is the plan this is just a show now? Or is it just I'm limited like six runs and six episodes or something and then they're going to stop? Uh, they did eight. Ep- they initially got picked up for eight episodes. ABC decided to pick up for another episode, so the total of nine. And I mean. Like I said, 18 and a half million people watched the first episode, which is like just pure gold now as far as TV ratings go. So I would not be surprised for another pickup for next season with probably more episodes. And when is Netflix going to buy the rights and claim that it's an original? Uh, that was close to happening. Okay. They, were, they were shopping it to Netflix originally, and then ABC decided to uh, pick it up since they have first refusal rights. All right. Um, so, <laughs> Netflix ain't scooping us again. God damn it! <laughs> well, there's a working relationship between Netflix and ABC, right? Because they work together on some of the Marvel stuff. Mm, I don't know. I think, I think that the Netflix Marvel stuff has ABC involvement in some way, but I don't really understand all that. Hmm. Part of me says you're wrong, but I'm too lazy to go look. Uh, Noah, do you want to read our other piece of feedback? Yeah. Uh, hey, guys, it's Terra Terror Hote, Kent. <laughs> it's, it's a pun. I see, I see what you're doing there, Kent. Uh, many people consider Leprechaun 4 to be the best of the franchise. I wasn't a big fan, primarily because he never rhymed in the movie. Legit. 
which we never uh, brought up. I didn't even realize it until he pointed it out. Uh, it's an anomaly. Consider he rhymes in the other films. Anyway, if any of you have not seen Leprechaun in the hood, you owe it to yourself to watch it. You can skip back to the hood, though. Uh, keep doing what you do. GHK. Uh, first of all, no, you can't skip it. That's <laughs> not the way it works when you're watching a series of movies. You watch all the goddamn movies. Even the reboot? <laughs> No! That's not part of the series. It's a different thing. It's its own thing. Fuck. There are very few exceptions. If you're watching all the Halloween movies, you can skip three. I don't recommend it, but you can. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I have an interesting point to bring up, and I don't know why I didn't think of this last week when we were discussing Leprechaun 4, but given the lack of rhyming and the lack of explanation for Leprechaun being in space, was that just like a script and then they just were like, Warwick Davis is free, let's just make this a Leprechaun movie. What if it, what if it was a Leprechaun doing it? Yeah, like what if, it, what if that was... Because that might explain why none of, the, none of the people in the movie used the term Leprechaun. <laughs> they just didn't have time to rewrite the lines into leprechaun format in a way that would would have suited. Does that make sense? Even better, I like to imagine that they shot the whole film without a bad guy and that all of the scenes of Warren Davis Excuse me. Is, is just is just film editing to put the leprechaun into the movie. <laughs> shot the whole movie without a hero and then added the good guy yes. in because we established last week that leprechaun is the good guy in leprechaun 4. All those pricks are trying to steal his gold. He's just trying to fuck this space princess. <laughs> Poor guy. Feel so bad for him. Fucking <laughs> mm. leprechaun. But agreed. I still say three is the best. Uh, so far, I will agree with that statement. I... This is like asking me to pick between my children, and I won't do it. I'm not a huge fan of the In the Hood ones. I have seen them. It's been a while. But uh, I don't know. For some reason, Outer Space was not a bridge too far for me. But In the Hood, I'm like, oh, that just feels like it's, you know, (laughs) jump the shark at this point. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) I can't justify that at all. Choosing between your children, your child... Or the Leprechaun series, <laughs> which is your favorite. Shut up, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Lando. <laughs> You're like, my lady listens to this show. <laughs> she would murder me for answering that honestly. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this garbage. <laughs> she still lives here. That's how I know she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so while you guys were laughing uh, part of my life just got ruined because of Facebook oh, yeah. BuzzFeed has an article up that says creator of Ren and Stimpy accused of preying on underage girls who yeah. wanted animation careers no yeah no why why does everyone who works in film fuck children <laughs> It's not all of them. Some of them wait until the children grow up and then stab them in their car. But uh, yeah, I just don't understand how it can be so widespread. 
Jesus Christ. It's, it's like, it's part of the thing. They're, they're like, hey, welcome to Hollywood. So uh, it's very hard to make it here. You're probably going to be a waitress. Uh, unless you're into fucking kids. <laughs> then we could probably work you in somewhere. <laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I chose not to bring it up because I didn't want to upset everyone. I literally just saw it and it just ruined my day. Love ruined it. I'm just saying, if it's for everybody, everybody in Hollywood has done something, then whatever Tom Hanks has done is going to be like monumental and destroy everybody. Oh. Keep in mind that when we say everybody's done something, not everyone has done preying on underage girls who want careers in animation. Some of them have done much lesser things, and hopefully, oh, sure. Tom Hanks is <laughs> hopefully Tom Hanks is whatever comes out will be. You know, he used a loud cuss word after stubbing his toe once or something. And it, my it won't ruin our childhoods. My assumption of Tom Hanks is because everyone talks about him like he's such an incredibly nice guy. That's what you always hear about serial killers. So my <laughs> assumption is Tom Hanks is going to be America's most notorious serial killer. Yeah. He's killed 500 people. And the worst part is, the only one qualified to play him in the biopic will be Tom Hanks, and he'll be in jail and won't be able to play himself. God damn it. Don't do do this to be Tom Hanks. Do you want to hear even worse news? What? YouTube has started blocking some of our last horrorcast videos that we uploaded back in the day because Lionsgate has started claiming that they have copyright over some foot for some reason. So what? I, I don't know. Is it probably, because probably, the name of the movie's in the title? Probably, um, or maybe I used an image that was copyrighted. Inadvertently, uh, of course. Which I just received a notification about it, and I'm trying to change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> so our uh, our episode about uh, Christian Bale is no longer available in certain countries. I did not click the link to find out which countries. America. Alright, well who's watched something this week that we could talk about to cleanse ourselves from this Ren and Stimpy uh, holocaust? No, I'll watch something awesome. So... <laughs> first and foremost, we're going to have to admit the fact that maybe, maybe after watching the Ernest movies I might have sat down and watched uh, the best of Ernest 1 and 2, which, if you guys have never seen it before, is literally six hours of Ernest commercials. <laughs> that was a thing. That was a thing I did, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> and Char was in the room, and Char was like, how many of these are there? And I was like, so many. <laughs> We're watching them all. They're not even all funny. <laughs> but I'm mesmerized. He's like, I'm leaving you. <laughs> Takes the dog and walks out. You need many, many years of therapy. That's my response to that. I do, but man, it was so satisfying. It's six hours of earnest. But, uh... <laughs> so good. And then, uh, so the day I was, uh, I had to call in sick from work because my my, my neck, my back, my neck and my back were <laughs> were acting up. And I was high on muscle relaxers sitting on the couch. Uh, I watched a few things. I watched the 
Phantasm Ravager uh, for the second time because the first time I wasn't paying close enough attention and I felt bad about that because I really, really liked the Phantasm series. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like it. I just, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. Like, <laughs> what? I, I know you're not a big fan, Brian. What don't you like about Phantasm Ravager? Uh, hold on. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. For some reason, my headphones stopped working. And so now... Oh, there we go. I fixed it. I fixed it! Did, did you hear the question? Uh, Ravager. What? what? Uh, it's, it's not that I don't like it. I've heard tons of people complain about it when it first came out. And then I watched it. And yeah, I mean, it's not the best one. Like, it's okay. Yeah. But my point was, well... It makes about as much sense as all the other movies, so I don't know why everybody's complaining. Well, that's a, I, I actually heard somebody make the complaint, well, why the fuck did they add all this weird multi-dimensional shit? And I was like, have you watched the fucking movies? Like, I don't... In the name of God, like... <laughs> that's, like, been from a first movie. Yeah, yeah, it's just bizarre. I I enjoyed it. I like the fact that it kind of it kind of gives you an ending and doesn't give you an ending at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still sad that Angus Scrim died because my plan was to get a Blu-ray copy of it and make it to some horror convention where Scrim was going to be to get him to sign it because I love the tall man and then he died. Yeah, that's really unfortunate for you. <laughs> well, it's 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 worse for him. But it was really sad. Yeah, that was a bummer. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't, it's not definitely not like my favorite phantasm or anything. But I don't think, like, like I said, it made about as much sense as all the other ones do. Yeah, don't do any of them make any level of sense whatsoever. No, I was, was going to say plus nothing in, in in the phantasm brand is ever going to be as awesome as Phantasm Three. <laughs> it's never going to happen. I don't give a fuck who's in it, who writes it. I don't give a shit. Phantasm 3, peak. This is peak Phantasm. Was that the creation of the four-barrel shotgun? <laughs> that, was, that was the uh, the cavalcade of just madness. Where? Yeah. yeah, I just can't remember if the four-barrel shotgun first showed up in part three or part two. I'm trying to... I I think it was 3. I want to say it was 3 as well. And I want to say 3 is also the first to be covered in razor blades. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, the Home Alone kid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it was funny once I was at a uh, horror convention and this is way back when uh, All the Boys Love Mandy Lane like was not out yet. It still didn't come out for like five years after this. Uh, but they were showing it, and I'm like, oh man, that movie was supposed to come out a while ago, and they're going to show it, so I definitely want to go see it. And they were doing a screening of Phantasm before it, so me and Amanda walked in like halfway through Phantasm just to get seats. And after about ten minutes, she leaned over, and she goes, I have no fucking clue what's going on. And I told her, I'm like, if you would have saw it from the beginning, it wouldn't make much sense either, so don't worry about it. <laughs> No, that's, you're not supposed to know what's going on. No, 
I explained to her afterwards. I'm like, it's supposed to be just essentially like a fever dream. Like nothing really makes sense, and it's all just random craziness. And she's like, oh, well, I will probably never watch it because I had no clue what the fuck was going on. Indeed. Uh, I also rewatched Chopping Mall because I, I was high on painkillers and laying on the couch and wasn't at work, and I was like, yeah, Chopping Mall. That's... What a good uh, it's still amazing. Yeah. It's so fucking good. It that movie just holds up so well when you rewatch it. And you always think like, especially if you are a fan of this podcast or like you're one of us that the amount we hype it, you'd almost think we're setting ourselves up for disappointment. But every time I watch it, I just get so excited. <laughs> uh, yeah. I posted a uh, picture of the little Killbot action figures, I guess. Man, those are cool. <laughs> the Jim Wernerski posted. So dope. I need a remote control one. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I tried to track down a like an original poster of it from back when it was still called Killbots. I thought that'd be fun to have. Mm-hmm. But the only one I found was like ridiculous expensive and oh, not in pretty good shape. Uh, and then the last movie I watched while high on painkillers was <laughs> so Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bolorama. Jesus. Are you sure that's what it's called? That is the name of the movie. I mean, I'd ask what it's about, but I think it's pretty clear. Uh, Linnea Quigley classic. I was going to say, first of all, you're wrong. Okay. Because I can guarantee that movie is not about what you think it's about. Fair enough. Other than the fact that there is, in fact, a bowling alley and there are, in fact, sorority babes. <laughs> Well, that covered most of the bases. Ah, but it misses the part with the evil imp who was trapped inside of a bowling trophy. As you do. Who uses his magic to torment them. Wait, was Ernest Scared Stupid just a remake of Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bolorama? You know what? It might have been. <laughs> Can we get Linnea Quigley back for the soft reboot we want to pull off? No. Well, then just put Ernest in it. It'll be fine. <laughs> Either way. Uh, and and I will say, while I do, while I like that movie in general, and I, uh, a lot of people don't because it's like you have to really be into like cheese horror stuff <laughs> to, to get down, but. It's even better when you're on muscle relaxers. <laughs> <laughs> it's even better on muscle relaxers. That should be on the poster. But I think my my only complaint about that movie is I wish it had more gore in it. Mm. I feel like that's the only thing missing. That's my complaint about most movies. Yeah. It's not all movies. It's true. The last unicorn, more gore. Well, they got that big horn on the thing's head. Stop some people with the <laughs> fuck. Gare Bears 2? A little bit less gore. <laughs> Wasn't uh, that the one that had the Necronomicon in it? I'm not yeah. lying. One of them has the Necronomicon in it. The other one it has does. the devil in it. They're literally battling the devil himself. <laughs> Care Bears were badass when you think about it. They were. Those movies were fucking off the chain. 
But yeah. So, so Doug, you've never seen it? We might have to add it to the list. Add it to the ever-growing list. It's been on my to-watch list for a while. I've never seen it either. Is there another movie that is about an evil imp that can grant wishes using his magic to torment teenagers? Probably. Uh, I'm sure we could find something. Just Google that. I'm sure it'll come up with a bunch. <laughs> I would I would honestly say the the one thing I'm imagining is I know both of you don't like brain damage. It's mm. a good point. Take this off the list. And I think <laughs> the only movie that I have to compare it to is brain damage. It's brain damage without the fun gory bits. <laughs> Well then, oh fuck, we're not watching but, that. But a thousand percent more Linnea Quigley, <laughs> and more getting hit with paddles always works out well. <laughs> uh, and a completely unnecessary Bride of Frankenstein reference. Is there ever a completely unnecessary Bride of Frankenstein reference? Come on, I don't know how that could be. Yeah. It's awesome, but pointless. <laughs> Can't believe you guys haven't seen that one. That's weird. Okay, then we're moving on. I won't go into the gritty details of it since you guys haven't seen it. That's that's all I really want. What about you, Doug? Uh, I only managed to watch one other thing this week. Uh, it's maybe the movie that's been on my to watch list longer than almost any other movie, which is uh, 1989's parents starring oh, Randy Quaid. Yeah. Never seen that one either. So basically it's about a family of cannibals in the 1950s that move to a new town and are trying to fit in. Um, so it's a mom, dad and, he, and a younger son who's, and uh, I don't know. There's something about this movie that I just loved. It was just this weird. I mean, it's obviously meant to be social commentary on the 1950s culture and the fact that it was everything was kind of picture perfect on the outside, but that things underneath were probably a lot darker than people want to admit. Um, but the way they do that is by having Randy Quaid play like this typical corny 50s dad who just happens to be a cannibal as well. <laughs> so therefore he's creepy as fuck. <clears throat> um, and there, there was a, a quote that went around when Aronofsky's The Wrestler came out and everyone was talking about how perfect Mickey Rourke was for that role. And somebody said it was a harmonic convergence of player and part. And I feel like Randy Quaid is a corny 50s dad who eats people. <laughs> kind of, yeah. It suits here too, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's just there's something perfect about it and he's just like, he's likable and menacing at the same time the whole time you're like I know he, I know he's a cannibal it's pretty clear from the beginning of the movie that he's eating people but it's not clear where he gets the bodies maybe it's maybe it's fine like maybe it's just okay <laughs> and he does he does keep trying to teach the son like you can tell he never wants to hurt the son he doesn't like threaten to kill him or anything even though the son is like making mistakes that could get them caught and acting crazy at school and stuff so I, I really enjoyed it it was a lot more subdued and a lot less laugh out loud funny than I was expecting um, but yeah I, I had fun with it hmm. no yeah. have you seen it or 
I'm sorry, I completely missed that. All right. <laughs> he was busy talking to people on Facebook, I see. I was asked a question. <laughs> All right. Uh, Randy Quaid and parents. <laughs> you ever seen it? Oh, yeah. Parents awesome. Yeah. I watched I'm... it this week and I just talked about it for like four minutes while you were ignoring no, me. No, so. actually, actually, now that you guys said that, I, I heard the first bit where you're talking about them being cannibals and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I just looked down for two seconds and my brain completely erased itself. <laughs> yeah, I've never actually seen it, but I know Vestron just put out a nice Blu ray version of it. I found it streaming for free yeah. on some service. I'm trying to remember which one so I can promote it for letting me see this movie. But I think it's on Shutter right now. Probably. I watched it through one of those websites that has a bunch of old horror movies on it that are free. That are I don't know why they do it. I don't really understand. You have to watch like two commercials and then you get to watch a movie. Hmm. I don't know how they ended up. I don't know how they get the rights to these things. Like it doesn't make <laughs> any sense to me. But oh well. Hmm. And it's probably on YouTube as well if I'd searched it out there. Possibly, you guys. You guys remember? You guys remember when Randy Quaid made movies and they were pretty good, and he wasn't crazy. So I was going to ask Randy Quaid: Does he ever get a comeback? Do you think, or is he just too far gone? He's pretty fucking far gone. Yeah, I I know. I know. I'm. I'm just throwing the question out there. So uh, I think there's two questions in your question. One is like, is he too far gone to make a comeback? And I think the answer is yes. But I think if he ever were to like find the right right chemical balance of drugs to put into his system <laughs> to make him act like a human being again I think he'd be welcome back to Hollywood and fans at least would be would have no problem with just accepting him in films because he's always played a crazy character so him being crazy in the real life isn't going to hurt it also, also define a comeback are we saying him coming back and making movies or him coming back and making like Real movies. Well, because I would like to point out that Gary Busey is still in movies. Oh, I know. <laughs> and he's point. just as far gone as Randy Quaid and always has been. Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. He's, he's not he's not doing his wife while wearing a mask of Rupert Murdoch. So that you know of. Yeah, but if somebody told you that he did that, would you go, No, that's not Gary Busey? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, no, it's Randy Quaid. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I think we've lost Randy Quaid. Uh, that's my mm. probably my guess. But if he suddenly started showing up in movies again and was somehow capable of providing the performances he has in the past, I'd have no problem with it. Like, I, I wouldn't. I genuinely think that guy has some kind of mental problems, and I think he's more of a victim than a a villain in his life. No, oh, for sure. So I, I, I hopefully, like, I hope somebody figures out how to help him. Hmm. I don't know if he's still living in Canada. At one point, he was up here to hide from the people who yeah. were trying to kill him. Britney Spears. The Star Whackers. Yeah, the Star yeah. Whackers. They whack the stars. Yeah. I believe they bl- they blamed uh, Heath Ledger's death on the Star Whackers. Yeah, and it was really weird because I remember like they were after Randy Quaid and Britney Spears next, and I. Just trying to draw the connection between how they could get that, and I thought, okay, I just, I'm a little bit too sane for that logic. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, because I think I feel like the general public doesn't really know what happened to Randy oh, Quaid. 
Oh no, most people just think. Well, most people don't know who Randy Quaid is. Like sure. general public, non non movie geeks. Mm-hmm. Like you say, Randy Quaid, and they go who, and then you got like Cousin Eddie, and they go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no. you know what I mean? But that's that's it. And that the last Cousin Eddie movie they saw was Christmas Vacation in '89. Yeah. They don't know what he's been up to since then. <laughs> so, you, know, yeah. you know what the funny thing is? They go, "Who the hell's that?" And I go, "Styrofoam cup." No, like, what the fuck does that mean? Because <laughs> you don't answer questions in a way that's designed to help people know the information. You just do it to entertain yourself, which is acceptable. I'm yeah, not against. I do. I do it with the hope of them going, "Oh my god, he's the guy from Freaks!" Yes, we could be friends now. Just an awkward moment where yeah. one person finally gets the reference. Yeah, because I was curious because, like, my cousin and her husband went to some holiday party. Uh, and, like, he dressed up as Cousin Eddie from a Christmas party, Christmas story, or Christmas vacation. And my cousin had on, like, a very similar dress to whatever his wife wears. As a part of me goes, I bet he has no idea that the guy that played at Cousin Eddie has just fucking lost his mind. Probably has no whatsoever. And so I started wondering, like, if the general public, if people just happen to know, like, I don't know. I just can't, I can't put myself in other people's shoes where I'm like, I, I, they don't follow the same stuff I follow. <laughs> so but there's, person, why would there's they so not much know? weird news out there. Like, I stumbled across an article the other day that, like, one of the girls that was on Smallville. Yes. It's under investigation for like human trafficking. Yes. And I'm like, how has this been going on and me not knowing about it? I don't know because I've known about it for a while. And I'm like, just like, and I just like, I stumbled across it and I read it and it seemed legitimate enough. And I'm like, okay, that's what's been going on in the world while I've just been not yeah. paying attention. There's this is fucking guy who's like branding women mm-hmm. with fucking Clark's best friend's initials yep. for some reason. And it's like, okay. I don't. Yeah. I'm not going to Google the rest of that cast now because I don't want to know. And it was uh, around the internet this week because there the, was a vi- there was a video of that guy getting arrested. Yeah. Because was always a rumor, like nobody could confirm or deny it. And there's a video of that guy getting arrested for human trafficking, and she is in the video as he's getting arrested. So it's pretty much been confirmed, and they're thinking she may end up getting. That's what that's the article I read was saying. She's probably. Yeah to be getting arrested as well yeah now that he's in custody and they can kind of pe- launch their full investigation yeah but, apparently the the girl that played lana on Str- smallville Kristen crook Kristen crook they both went to some conference that this guy was having and Kristen crook decided nah this is crazy and left but the the other girl stayed and that's what she's doing nowadays. That's so weird. Because you, you always kind of wonder when you've watched, like, and, and they're gone. You're like, well, maybe they just retired or, like, that cast was relatively young. She could have chosen to go back to school or something. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I didn't really think either of those things. I thought nothing. and just, <laughs> just didn't think about it at all. Yeah, but, until someone says, hey, that blonde girl from Smallville? Yeah, she's in a sex cult. You're like, so wait, what? A, a sex cult that somehow at the same time is like a pyramid scheme? 
Yeah. 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 The whole thing is just fantastic. Like, like you don't make any money off of it by bringing in sex slaves, but once the sex slaves you've brought in bring in their own sex slaves, then you start to really turn a profit. It's well, so weird. Well, no, but that was his design to like fuck as many slaves as possible. So all of the slaves below you are your slaves as well. So you get the slaves, and then you get the slaves to get slaves, and then you have that many more slaves. <laughs> That's so weird. It's like, what is fucking... How is this happening in the <laughs> real world? I don't get it. Some people are just missing a piece of themselves that needs to be filled but, some other way. And yeah, apparently yeah, that's article it. I was reading, they basically said, uh, what, what's her name? Allie Mack, is that what it is? Allison Mack, yeah. Allison Mack, yeah. That his... She was part of like his grand design that like he basically made her the number two and then was yeah. using her celebrity status mm -hmm. to trick people into joining the cult, basically. And then like they were blackmailing them so they wouldn't leave. Yeah, all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah. And then she tried to insist that she didn't have much to do with it, and they have something like emails and text messages because those brands are you know the guy's initials. Yeah, but apparently they've got text messages of of Allison Mack basically saying they're stylized so that if you look like at it sideways, it's also her initials. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sweet, weird. sweet fuck. <laughs> so weird. The fucking world we live in. I can't like I can't get my head around the fact that all this shit happens in the world. It makes me like just wonder like all the shit I've seen in movies like how much of it's just real. Like, it's just, like, you know... So I remember, like, years ago when I read, like, an article about serial killers, maybe, like, maybe when I was a teenager, and it's the first time I read the number that people estimate there's, like, 50 operating in North America at any given time or something. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I thought... Before that, I just thought serial killers were, like, once in a generation. Like, I thought it was a really rare thing. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, they happen all the time? And they're like, mm -hmm. like yeah, you didn't know? And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> the world's darker than I thought it was, and now like when stuff like this pops up, I feel the same way. I'm like, I didn't, I never really thought sex cults were a real thing. <laughs> I don't, I just assumed they were in, like maybe there had been one once, and that they kept well, making up new ones for movies. But it turns out now they're just happening. And although just, the the oh, definition of serial killers really loose, <laughs> nevertheless. As Noah's trying to weasel his way out of something I can hear in the background. Well, no. He doesn't want this played in court later. The, whenever, they, whenever they throw out those statistics, the definition of a serial killer is they have to have killed at least three people and there has to have been a cool-down period. So they have to like kill one person, not kill people for a little while, kill another person, not kill people for a little while, and kill a person. So technically, there's a lot of like like gangland type things, you know, like murder, you know, gangland murderers for hire, that they're serial killers because they, they took time in between killing people. Well, I feel like murderer for hire fits the definition of serial killer by my standards. I don't know. See, I don't, I, I don't, I never thought of it that way because I always thought serial killers were these nut jobs who like they had one thing they like to do and it just happens to involve killing somebody to do that thing. Yeah, but I mean, if you can make your hobby into a career, all the power to you, right? Oh, yeah. If you love killing, find somebody to pay you to do it. That's that's just sound <laughs> advice, no matter what your art is. 
That's actually, <laughs> that's actually somewhat an explanation for the TV show Barry that I just started watching. <laughs> All right, it was time to move on to your segment anyway. Uh, I even wasn't going to bring it up, but since, since that sort of fits in, uh, watch the first episode of Barry, which is an HBO show uh, with Bill Hader, where he plays a uh, hitman who uh, is assigned to kill somebody in Hollywood and falls into like an acting class and then discovers that he loves acting. So he doesn't want to be a hitman anymore. <laughs> that's awesome. And that that's Bill Hader. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Um, and Steven root is like the guy who gives him his assignments. Nice. And they were talking that, uh, Bill Hader's character was in the military in Afghanistan. And when he came home, he didn't feel he had, any skills to do anything so he they basically said well you're really good at killing people why not make that a job so he became a hitman that's sound advice yeah um so yeah he's assigned to kill this guy so he goes to this acting class and they just think he's the acting class is also uh taught by uh, henry winkler uh and so he's sort of like they just assume he's like a uh, wants to enroll in this class, so they just throw him up on stage to say one line during this skit. This is called Barry? Yeah. Alright, I gotta find a way to watch this. And they're all, like, all the students are doing monologues, essentially. Like, their assignment was to find a monologue and do it. And so this guy is doing a monologue of the um, uh, what the fuck is oh, the Gary Oldman scene from True Romance. Okay. And so he's got like these horrible fake dreadlocks on to eating Chinese food, doing the whole thing. And so Barry just has to say one line, but he says the one line and he immediately falls in love with being an actor. And so he wants to give up being a hitman, but the guy he's doing the scene with is the guy that he was hired to kill. <laughs> so he's kind of on the fence. Like he doesn't want to kill him, whatever. And then, uh, it's like, well, I I did sign up for this, so I do have to kill him, but I do want to be an actor, so I think I'm going to stay in Hollywood. So he goes to the guy's house to kill him, and he sees him in the car and goes up, and somebody's already killed him. And he turns to see uh, these mobsters in a car down the street, and they like the one guy's like has a gun, and so Barry just starts like unloading on this car and kills all of them. And then he's just like, well, fuck. I guess I'm sort of stuck in this. But so he's still going to do his acting stuff during the day and then be a hitman at night. That makes so, sense. Yeah. It's better than waiting tables. Exactly. So it's a good, like, sort of dark comedy. Like, I enjoyed it. I really like Bill Hader anyway. So, and he's, like, involved with, like, writing and stuff, the character. So he's, like, really involved with the show. So I'm going to stick with it. It seems fun. Um, see the other, I only watched two other things. I watched Unearth and Untold, The Path to Pet Cemetery, which is a documentary all about making Pet Cemetery. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's pretty good. The, I guess the big problem I have with it, which isn't really a problem, I guess, is, I mean, it's such a low budget documentary that they could not afford to license any footage from the movie whatsoever. So... <laughs> Anytime they talk about something, it's either weird drawings or just like behind the scenes pictures that like the actors took themselves. 
So sometimes it's just kind of weird for them to be talking about very iconic scenes and then not being able to show it correctly. So, but otherwise it's pretty good. Just interesting hearing how the whole thing came together and they talked to, of course, uh, pretty much all the main people and then uh, some of like the local actors that got involved with the shooting and stuff because one of the conditions was Stephen King said it had to be shot in Maine. Right. Um, just to kind of bring some some economic resources to that to that area. So there's like a bunch of local actors and stuff that got involved with it. So it's just interesting sort of hearing their sort of takes, like being on the set and everything and working with uh, Fred Gwynn. Everybody talks about Fred Gwynn very lovingly. So, so yeah, it's just uh, kind of cool. If you're really interested in Pet Cemetery. there's like lots of back behind the stage, behind the scenes stories and all kinds of stuff. So it's kind of worth it if you're, if you're, especially if you're into this new trend of feature link documentaries about making of very iconic movies in the horror genre. So kind of weird because they're down to like Pet Cemetery now, which I don't know if I would describe that as iconic. You wouldn't. I mean, I, I like it. It's a good movie. I just don't mm-hmm. think iconic would be the word to describe it. It's something kind of a niche film that only horror fans know about or watch anyway. I don't know if I go that far. I feel like it's a little bit more well known. I do feel like it's the sort of the last classic Stephen King movie for a while. Like it seems like after that, they kind of quality of them got kind of bad and went to TV. Eh, might not be unfair, but no. Sometimes no. death is better. <laughs> they do talk about that. <laughs> I love that. They do talk about how he took he took the accent very seriously, and that really in the film only him and the housekeeper both had a main accent, and how hard they worked on it to get it right. Well, I feel like one of the successes of that film was that you don't have a bunch of people who can't do main accents trying. <laughs> yeah, um, that pulls you out of the movie every time. Yeah. Well, especially because in real life. Most people don't have accents. <laughs> as far as I've ever seen, like whenever you go to regional areas, there are some people that talk the way that you would think they would. And but 75% people just have the non, whatever it's called, non-regional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's worth checking out. Um, I think it's up on some of the streaming services for free. I, of course, picked up the Blu-ray just because I'm a huge King nerd, so I had to have it in my um, collection. Yeah, I can't it's, wait until the Shout Factory releases the uh, extended version, and you have to go buy that, too. I know. I might have to get it again. It's on Shutter. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you have Shutter, it's on there. Um, and the other thing I watch is a movie called Good Time. Have either one of you seen this? Uh, my thing cut out. I didn't hear what it was. Good time. Um, it's a crime then, movie. Sorry. No, I don't think so. I wish I could like sh- recommend this movie to people without opening credits. Um, because everybody like the reason I heard about is other podcasts talking about it, and they talked about how good it is and how surprised they were by the lead actor. And it is a really good performance. And it's one of those that if I was able to show this to you, like without opening credits, 
you could watch it and be like, yeah, that was really good. And I'd be like, guess who that main actor is? Because he doesn't look like himself. And he's actually does an amazing performance in it. And I think because he was in a bunch of shitty movies, people did not give him the benefit of the doubt, but he actually is a really good actor. And uh, so the lead is Robert Pattinson from God awful twilight movies, Mm -hmm. but he's fantastic in this. And uh, so he plays, um, so he plays a, a, a guy who's, he's got a younger brother who is, they, they they don't ever confirm what condition he has, but it's very sort of autistic, but, you know, not really. Like, it's just sort of non-committal to what his thing is. Not nondescript movie mental illness. Yeah. Where he's, he's definitely got, I mean, he's obviously got mental problems. And so he comes off more as like a, even though he's in his 20s, he still comes off as like a 10-year-old, essentially. Um, but so he's going to this doctor in the beginning, and then Robert Pattinson shows up, and he's like, what are you doing? Like, you know, don't, you don't need this garbage. Come on. And they just, you know, walk out of the office. And through exposition throughout the movie, you find out that um, they've been living with uh, their grandma, and she's the one who's been pushing this kid to go to like these therapy sessions or whatever and for whatever reason robert pattinson's character uh really doesn't like her and whatever so he talks this kid into doing a bank robbery with him and sort of at first seems like they're going to get away with it like they he has a pretty good approach a good way to disguise themselves and everything but uh, at the end, the mentally handicapped brother is the one who ends up getting busted as they're trying to run away from the cops. <clears throat> and when he goes to jail, uh, s- since he doesn't communicate with people very well, um, he gets in a fight and gets the living shit beat out of him. So he ends up in the hospital. And so Robert Pattinson finds this out and decides, I'm going to break my brother out of the hospital. And then... Yeah, we'll run off and figure out what the hell we're going to do after that. Uh, And so most of the movie follows like Robert Pattinson on this night where he's trying to get into the hospital, break his brother out, and then hide him out until they can figure out like where they're going to go, what they're going to do. Like I said, really good Robert Pattinson performance. Uh, The kid who plays the brother is actually one of the co-directors and writers. And he does a pretty good job, too. Um, but yeah, just an overall sort of good, like, crime crime thriller type thing. Maybe without the thriller part. It's hard to explain what kind of movie it is, I guess. Just maybe more of like an indie crime movie. Um, I thought it was really good. It's worth, uh, it's worth a watch. There's lots of... Um, Lots of twists that I didn't see coming. That you're just like you would watch and just be like, "What the fuck? Like, how did that just happen?" And not even realize it. Um, yeah, worth watching. It's on Amazon Prime, so Noah, you can watch it for free. Yeah. 
Although apparently you didn't watch Bone Tomahawk, did you? That was your homework. No, actually, no, actually, that's the other movie I watched. I watched Bone Tomahawk. All right. Sure you did. We'll allow it. Uh, um, and I'm and done. So everyone, go ahead. Everyone was right. So this is fucking awesome. Yeah. I have no idea why I didn't watch that up to this point because yeah. <laughs> I mean it's a lot of things that I like I, th- I think I was turned off because I kept getting told it was a western and I don't really do like westerns don't fucking sure. interest me at all what you're not a fan of Young Guns okay, Young Guns is alright <laughs> we'll do a Young Guns show so we get into all the details of how great that movie is I'm more Just... I-, I was going to say as far as westerns like I like the uh you know, like the the good, bad, and the ugly, and fistful of dollars. You know, stuff like like those, the the Italian uh, over the shoulder westerns. Mm-hmm. I, I get down with that, but regular westerns, I don't fucking like them. But man, I'll tell you what, Bone Tomahawk's so fucking slow, uh, which I think that's the only big complaint about the movie. Yeah. And I think that's what I told you. Like it kind of plods along, but then all of a sudden you just go, "Oh my god, what the fuck!" And then it just goes from there. I was watching a cowboy movie, and all of a sudden, I'm in the hills have eyes. What the fuck just happened? Yeah, I was going to say that the very end of the movie, where uh, the whole movie, you're not exactly sure who the hero character's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot of different people it could be, and in these grindhousey type movies, shit tends to hit the fan, and everything gets jumbled up at the end. <laughs> But, but you're kind of like t- toward the end of the movie. Once they, you know, so they kill the Mexican guys, and you're kind of like, oh, this is going to be one of those morally ambiguous things where they're going to fucking start a war of attrition and never make it to the the cavemen guys they're going after. And no, no, you're completely wrong about that. <laughs> they totally find <laughs> the crazy cavemen guys. And, I, f- I feel like that bit, that, that end bit of the movie makes the whole thing worth it, because it's just... yeah. It, and not even because there's, like, cool kills and shit. It's kind of just... It's all good acting, and I feel like it's all really tense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're kind of rooting for them in the way they're, like, you know, they're, they're only able to maybe, like, pick off one, and then they have to pick off another one, and they know there's about 13, so in your head you're actually, like, trying to keep track of... <laughs> How many are left? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it when I first saw it, and I was sort of on the same way where I'm just like, man, this thing runs slow, which is fine because I mean, you know, I can sit as long as it, it seems interesting to me, I can, uh, I can go along with it. And I was very interested. I'm like, I don't know, like, kind of where the story's going. And then, like I said, there's just a moment because like Amanda was watching it with me too. And she was like on her phone and like doing all the shit. But then there's that moment. <laughs> she just turns to me and she goes, Holy fuck. And I'm like, I know, right? Like, this is fucked up. And then, yeah, it just goes from there. <laughs> yeah, I found the film held my attention mostly because of the performances. I think everybody is yeah. really good in it. And then you're like, okay, so I'm just watching this for the performances, which is fine. They're good enough for it to be that. And then it just takes that twist, and you're like, oh, no. Fuck the performances. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I was I was really surprised by, like, uh, by Patrick Wilson. 
Because yeah. I'm not a huge Patrick Wilson fan. Mm-hmm. I think that he's he's funny enough whenever he's in comedy movies. But I, I don't ever really get sold on his characters and much of anything else. But I, I really liked it. In this one, you kind of like get behind his character. You're like, all right, guy. You know? <laughs> limp, limp, limp your ass along. Uh, yeah. And I'm always excited to see Kurt Russell and stuff. So I was completely sold. Especially Kurt Russell with a giant, awesome mustache. It's just now he has to have that mustache in every movie. Oh. And I don't get why this movie wasn't sold to me by the fact that the opening fucking scene is Sid Haig and David Arquette. Yeah. Like, that's that's all somebody had to say to me. The open scene is Sid Haig and David yeah. Arquette is fucking bandits killing and robbing people. And I would be like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah this is that. Like, uh, I even forgot that Sid Haig was in it. So it's In retrospect, that is something somebody should have said to you. Like, you're the only person in the world who would hear those two names together and be like, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is my moment. This is my moment in the sun. <laughs> So, am I safe in assuming you you become a fan of this filmmaker? Yeah, yeah, I would say between those two movies, I'm, yeah. I'm I, I I'm even gonna give his uh, whenever it comes out, I'm still not. What what was that you cut out? I, I I said he's he's convinced me enough that when his Mel Gibson movie comes out, I'm gonna watch it, even though <laughs> typically if somebody says, "Oh, it's starring Mel Gibson," I'm like, "Oh, fuck yourself." <laughs> Well, Mel Gibson's in it. I don't know if he's going to be the main character. I know Vince Vince Vaughn's in it too, so he might be. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the cast list alone from the beginning says Mel Gibson, Jennifer Carpenter, of course, who was in Brawl and Cellbuck '99, Vince Vaughn, Don Johnson, Udo Kier, and Michael hey, J. White. Hey, Udo. We're all gonna watch it. You don't have to keep reading. It's fine. Oh, I know. Just, uh, yeah, the Michael J. White is what really I'm really excited about. I'm wondering if we're going to get, like, a, a, a weird fight scene between some kind of surrogate of Vince Vaughn's character from Brawl's <laughs> 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 99 fighting Michael J. White. That'd be great. Because that sounds really, really good. Did you ever see the deleted scene from Kill Bill 2 with Michael J. White fighting David Carradine? No. Yeah, there was like this scene where they, uh, it's David Carradine and um, what's her face, Uma Thurman. It's like a flashback scene to when he was taking her up to train with Pyme. And they run across Michael J. White, who's like a, um, I don't know, a bandit of some sort. Like he has his own like crew with him. And so him. <laughs> him and David Carradine have a martial arts fight in the middle of the street and it's amazing and I don't know why it was not in the movie yeah that sounds ridiculous to me that it was taken out <laughs> yeah uh, alright anything else before we move on no no are you sure this time no because you said this earlier so that turns out we had a whole other conversation. I was high on painkillers and muscle okay. relaxers. Last, last week is a blur. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. 
So Noah, why don't you tell us what we're going to be talking about next week? Uh, next week, nature attacks. Talking about frogs and slugs. <laughs> Get us a little bit more back on track with the uh, types of movies I think our listeners are expecting from us. Yeah. Sweet, sweet garbage. Yeah, we went a whole month with critters and leprechauns. Completely <laughs> by accident. And then our earnest-filled Easter episode that weirdly was not an April Fool's joke, even though it very much should be. <laughs> it would have been an April Fool's joke if we were clever enough to plan it that way. <laughs> we're not. Yeah. So yeah, slugs and frogs. I've never seen frogs before. so I've never seen either movie before. Oh. It's well, been a long time since I've watched Slugs, so we'll see how that works. I'll, I'll tell you what, I, w- I would say Doug's not going to have a good time, but the last couple of movies that I thought Doug was really going to hate, he ended up liking, so I think uh, <laughs> we're trending upwards. I like to I, keep you on your toes. I, I think Frogs is a crapshoot. But... Yeah, I've heard that one's probably not that great, but we'll see. It's, yeah. I'll just let you guys go into a blind. You guys have fun. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, shit. Why is there not like a tadpoles horror movie? Seems like there should be. Tadpoles? Tadpoles. Yeah. Have you seen a tadpole before? They're not particularly intimidating. Yeah, but what if you took like a movie like Piranha and replaced the Piranha with killer tadpoles? It's the CGI era. Anybody could make that movie if they decided they wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) giant toothy sperm <laughs> yeah see it'd be a it'd be a subliminal not so subliminal message about uh toxic masculinity or some some popular phrase that's keyword buzzy right now would would there be naked ladies in it please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.